0: This episode of Rise Up is brought to you by Minute with Mary. If you're looking to jazz up your look for the fall or the holiday season, I know it's crazy, right? That I'm saying the holiday season, but y'all, I think the holidays start with Halloween. And you know what's in my supermarkets? Halloween candy. So you know what it's time for? To jazz up your look. And <laughs> check out the hashtag Minute with Mary. I am not thrown away my shot. I am not thrown away my shot. I'm yeah, well, just like my country I'm young, scrappy, and hungry And I'm not throwing away my shot From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome back to Rise Up It's a podcast dedicated to the smash Broadway hit, Hamilton So sit back, relax, and let's raise a glass to freedom We're to rise up, time to take a shot We're to rise rise up, it's time to take a shot we And welcome. My name is Mary Larson.
1: My name's Blake. And I cannot believe that you think that the holidays start with October with Halloween of all things. Yeah,
0: it's a holiday. It is a holiday. Yeah. And like from then on, you are decorating our houses. You're eating special treats. I mean, I'm not going crazy. Okay, I'm not saying Columbus Day or Indigenous Peoples Day. I'm not saying (laughs) that is the beginning of the holiday season. I'm not saying that Memorial Day or Labor Day is the start of the holiday season. No, I'm giving it a little grace, okay? It's still
1: summer. (laughs) Give give everybody a little grace.
0: Let's go into fall. Mm -hmm. Fall begins. We've got the controversial Christopher Columbus Indigenous Peoples Day thing. We don't need to get into the middle of that skirmish, okay? (laughs) And then we begin with Halloween. Everybody's happy on Halloween. Everybody. So let's begin the holiday season that way,
1: uh, fair. Let me let me rephrase it then. I can't believe they already have Candy Con out, and it's only August as we're recording this. August what nineteenth?
0: Are people asking you yet yeah, at your Dungan shop if pumpkin spice is available? Yes, they see, are, see? and we
1: we actually have it available.
0: So, okay, <laughs> I. I rest my point.
1: It's not being advertised, but it's a soft open it's like, it's like just, special off menu stuff. I
0: think I literally was just like in You were the, vindicated. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm like in the law offices of Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome.
1: Well, after uh going to <laughs> see Hamilton, uh Rise up. man, we are back, baby. We are back. We're having fun talking about Hamilton and we just got a chance to go see it, like you said, in Providence uh what, uh, last week, I think yeah. or two weeks ago whatever it was and uh what an amazing show really Seriously. truly just gosh so darn good. it <laughs> so gosh darn good. it is it good and You're once like, again
0: I'm not going to cry yet uh, yep, I cried yeah
1: once again I cried six times yep. at the very least I cried at the same spots cried at some spots that I didn't even anticipate again um just just a, an amazing show before we get into our show though where did you we're Where are you? Now you've seen it three times. I've seen it three times with
0: three different Hamiltons. Yes. As the lead.
1: And... Where are you with the show? Are you still as enthused by it? Uh, Do you catch new things as you watch them as for the third time? What's
0: (laughs) I, you know, it is. I I catch. That's it. I firmly believe. If you are listening and you're like, maybe I still haven't listened to the soundtrack. Do yourself a favor. Listen to it. Know it. Like literally listen to it multiple times and know it, so that that way you can enjoy it. In addition to the costuming, the costume change, the set design, the choreography, the little personal inflections that people do to change their characters compared to the original cast recording like there is just so much to enjoy um that you that i wish i could just watch it all on tv if it wasn't illegal um (laughs) to to watch like pirated youtube copies just because i want to soak it in again and again so yes seeing it now three times this last time i did notice even more differences how about you like uh, Even more things, not differences, but even more
1: things. I agree with you that the, what, seeing it with another Hamilton... Which would technically be my third because you have Lin Manuel and then you have the first guy that I saw with and now this this other guy. Okay. Um. So technically, you've heard or listened to four Hamiltons, my darling. Yeah. Uh. I would say you're right. It's it's fun to see the differences each person puts in the character. Mm. Uh, With Lin Manuel, it it felt swaggy. It felt like it felt scrappy. You know, I just felt Scrappy like swaggy. it felt like the guy was smooth. <laughs> you know, like he's uh, it, just a cool character. With the, our first perfo- our first live performance, I felt like Hamilton almost had a form of like Asperger's, like where where he was like really smart and uncomfortable around people, and like almost like Sherlock. Uh, remember Sherlock, uh, the Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch one. Yeah, that's that was the feeling that I got from this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the latest one, I got the sense that he was just super nerdy, uh, which was really cool. Yes. like I I uh, I really appreciated that. And I know it's hard to you know understand that when you're not at the when you're when you're just a podcast listener, you're not at the performance, so it's hard to depict it or at least to understand that. But uh, just knowing that, like there. There are differences, subtle differences. And the things I catch on are story things, Mm -hmm. things that I see in perspective now. I see as they happen, and it it livens the story up for me, which is one of the purposes of this particular episode, which is about the story of tonight, the story of Hamilton itself. And before we get into all of that, I wanted to remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast. You can go on Patreon.com. And check us out there, or you can find it at maryandblake.com. Uh, and also uh, check us out on social media. Just look up Mary and Blake. Whether it is Facebook, Twitter, or <laughs> why
0: doesn't that have like a little code name? What's that? I don't know. Like you know how people like shorten things and just oh. give them little. I'll call it the Meads. Well,
1: well, we just got uh, we just got a new account on the gram.
0: Hey, do it
1: for the gram, baby. Mary and Blake are now <laughs> on. Instagram, you can follow us there. And we do a lot of our behind the studio, behind the scenes stuff on Instagram. So it's a good follow. You'll get to see us doing all of the fun stuff while we're there. And you know, maybe we will do that when we're in today's show, just so everybody gets a chance to Get the inside scoop on that, and uh, where you go to maryandblake.com and check out all of the podcasts and blogs, including Outlander Cast and Minute with Mary, the podcast. We, we've got This Is Us 2, which is coming back soon, actually premiering on September 24th. Oh. What I just learned okay, is premiering good. on September 24th. Uh, and we have the Game of Thrones podcast that we did, we did. We've done Gilmore Girls. We've got 40 billion podcasts. Mm-hmm. And we may or may not be having a Watchmen podcast this season as well, which I'm very excited about. So, that is that. Check us out, maryandblake.com, where you find all of our podcasts and blogs, including the Handmaid's Diaries, which we are, which I am writing, which I'm very excited about. As for that now, Mavin, are you ready to get into today's show? You bet. Let's do it. Ladies and gentlemen, you could have been anywhere in the world tonight, but you're here with us in New York City. Are you ready for a cabinet meeting, huh? The issue on the table. Hello.
0: Today, of course, we are talking about the story of Hamilton. Where does it go? Where does it go wrong? Where does it rank among the other stories you've watched? And another fun question, would it even make a fun movie?
1: That's right. Because so, that's
0: like the hot thing in, in Broadway now.
1: I totally agree. So let, let's get this out of, the, out of the way right now, Mary. In terms of Hamilton itself and the story of Hamilton, where does this story rank for you is it among the best stories you've ever watched is it kind Are we of we We're talking
0: like stories portrayed on the stage I think that that's like a no question. no I just
1: think story in general like not just stage it's not limited to just stage it's I think it's everything okay I think it's whether it's Game of Thrones is it um Gilmore Girls? Is it Star Wars? Is it better than Marvel? Like, where are you in terms of? I really love this story. It is written very well. I appreciate this is where all this is coming from. Where are you? Where do you think this ranks for you?
0: The story, otherwise known as Hamilton the Musical, I think that this is. A very well thought out story. I okay. think that, uh, in my opinion, <laughs> I think that um, it's exciting. That it is something that you can reread, resee, um, listen to, and feel different things for different characters. That you may at first listen to it and be like, "Oh, Alexander Hamilton, he's my boy. Like that's who I, that's who I'm cheering for." And then before you know it, you're listening to the score again. You're like. Gosh, why do I love Burr so much? What just happened to me? And I love that when you can like relive a story over and over again.
1: Yes, I agree. I agree. I, I for me, I I'm thinking that this story is probably the story of Hamilton itself. I would I would rank it up in the top ten for me. It is an extraordinarily well written story. In that, and I know I keep using that word, but. I think it's paced properly. I think the characters are uh, well-written. I think the motivations are well-written. It's all organic. It's not It's not determined by plot. And uh, I feel like there is a natural thread for everybody and every instance of what the show is trying to mm-hmm. tell you. Yep. So because of that, uh, I think I... I really appreciate
0: Look at you. He's trying to gram right now, guys. He's trying to do an Instagram story. I did. I grammed it. While we were doing it, and he didn't know to mute it.
1: I'm sorry. Well, I'm still new at the gram, okay? I'm still new at the gram. <laughs> you are. Uh, so because of that, I really appreciate this story. Uh, I just think it's well-written. It's, it's Everything about it is just right, and we'll get into why. So, Mary, where do you think the show gets it right? Or where do you think the story overall of Hamilton gets it right in terms of how it's written and the way that it's presented to you as the viewer?
0: Um, where do I think it goes right? Yes. Well, um, I feel like it introduces you to the characters in a fun way.
1: Okay, and wh- what do you mean?
0: Well, it's in a musical!
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, but the, the musical... The musical stuff aside we're just talking about story we're just talking about if this was a television show right musical stuff aside what about this introduces you in a fun way
0: well just the language the fact that these other characters are introducing you that frequently those bits that you learn about the person in the beginning are then interwoven throughout the um Uh, Throughout the show, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's not just like, hi, trust me that this guy does this, but like you see it repeatedly come throughout the show. Um,
1: Yeah, you know, that's that's actually really great, because in the beginning of the show, they have all of the characters and they tell you straight up, this is what happened. I died for him. I loved him. Yep. I fought with him. And I'm the damn fool that shot him. Yeah. Like, you know, straight up what's happening. You have that dramatic irony of knowing what is going to happen. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I trusted him. Um, and they tell you straight up. Mm-hmm. And you get a chance to either parse it together for yourself or you get a chance to just watch it envelop. Uh, well, I. Um, Uh, develop rather and i i like that i think that's a that's an interesting technique to use to just tell you straight up this is what we're doing yes and given given the way that it's written and given how fast well i mean again again we're we're not talking about the show we're talking about the story given how fast the story moves Mm -hmm. i mean it is boom the pace is it never stops it never slows and you kind of need that idea of I'm the one who, I'm the damn fool who shot him. So you know that this guy is going to be a problem.
0: I mean, many people forget. They hear that first line, you know, the first song, and then they forget. And they're like, oh my God. Like, if they don't know the story of Hamilton and Burr. Right. (laughs) It's a little feisty at the end, and
1: you know, not a lot of people do know the the story of Hamilton. That's and Burr. what I'm talking about, man. You know, not a lot of people know that it was Burr who shot him and yep. Burr who killed him. So when they because when uh,
0: it starts off, it's not like it's Alexander Hamilton. The song is Alexander Hamilton. Burr doesn't stay up, and I am Burr. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Like he doesn't say like "Remember me." It's just random people right. who throughout the show are not only their characters but they're the ensemble. They act. You know what I mean? They're like up on the rafters, so it's easy to forget. Uh, you know, I loved him. Like, it's easy to forget these different people, but they do lay it down and then it's reaffirmed throughout the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just loved how, as I said earlier, you get to see the story of Alexander through many people's perspectives. It is not just through Alexander Hamilton's perspective because of the way the show is. For mm-hmm. example, One of my favorite series, Harry Potter, it's through Harry Potter's eyes, like for the most part (laughs) until you get to the later books. Like it's what Harry Potter sees, what he does, uh, you know, his thoughts, his impressions, his his beliefs. You know, he thinks that uh, Severus Snape is bad. For literally like almost all of his teenage years, we as the audience then think that he is bad right. because we're only seeing things from, from his perspective. And yet the story of Hamilton does it in such a way that Alexander is up front about things that he is proud of up front about things that he is amazing at. You know, like I'm wicked smart and I'm like, I'm really scrappy. Like I'm ready to work. But he also is the, the person who talks about his own faults. Mm hmm. You know, like he talks about uh, things that he's done wrong. He sings about it, but then other people are involved as well. It's such a difference than reading a book story in the sense. It, it reminds me a bit about like Game of Thrones. You know, Game of Thrones. Different chapters are written by different characters, so you sure. get to see things from their perspective. You can think that Jamie Lannister's a jerk, but then you can read it from someone else's perspective and be like, ah, oh, you know maybe he wasn't so bad. And that's what I think Hamilton the Musical does as well, is that if we had just seen Hamilton just from Burr's perspective, we would not be like, way to go, man. Right. We're we're, we're rooting for you. And that's what I said. Like, That's one of the things that I've struggled with as I've listened to it over and over, is it is fun to see things through Eliza's perspective the entire show, through Burr's perspective the entire show.
1: But the way that it's written... It is coming from Burr, Correct. which is which I think is the show's greatest triumph. It's taking it's t- telling it's you Burr a story. Burr in
0: Hamilton, but like Burr is the main narrator. Y-
1: yes, you're, it's telling you a story of Hamilton through the lens of Aaron Burr, and that is a really good thing to mm-hmm. do. And the reason why that is so good is because it doesn't um, make Alexander Hamilton a demigod. It doesn't. It doesn't like glorify. Alexander. I mean, it does to a certain extent, um, because it's obviously the play about Hamilton, but it's having Burr be the narrator is a great perspective because it allows you to see the faults of Hamilton. Yeah. Yes, he's singing about it, but it also gives you something else. It gives you something, a little bit of pause, and it allows you to choose. Mm. You can choose. For me, I, I've said it before. I'll say it again. My favorite character is absolutely Aaron Burr, absolutely one hundred percent. Aside from Hamilton, and even I would even make an argument, and I think we will make an argument in another episode of this podcast that the show does a better job describing Burr than it does Hamilton. Uh, I would disagree, but okay. No, but that and and that's that that's the beautiful part about yes. having this perspective that perspective allows us to have that debate. And that's why the story is so effective, Mm -hmm. right? Because you take certain things out of it from Hamilton's side, and I take certain things out of it from Burr's side, which is why telling it from Burr's perspective is an absolute triumph. And because of that, we have this it follows a relatively normal structure of any particular story, right? It, it, it it shows the intro, it shows the rising good. It shows a climax of certain sorts. Like we have the rising good and everything that Hamilton does to become Washington's right hand man. That's a rising star. We get to the war, the people win the war. And then we get to the climax of Hamilton changing the fabric of the government we're going to create a national bank we are going to be the secretary of the treasury we are going to stay out of war i have hamilton's ear I'm, i have washington's ear at that point we had that's the climax and then after that when when hamilton is at his highest we begin our descent down at you know because every good story is for the most part written in three acts you can Do some four act. You can do some five act. You can even do two act because technically this story of Hamilton is written in two acts. But if you look at the events, you can pretty much delineate three acts. And then halfway through the second act, after the climax, we get the descent. Mariah Reynolds. uh, Him falling apart. His son dying. Finally, at that point, we have our bottom out. Philip Hamilton dies. He, Alexander becomes a disaster. Ugh, so sad. And it leads him to do things he wouldn't otherwise normally do. Yep. And because of that, we then get to the dual, which is the bottom out, and then we mm-hmm. finally have a rise back up again at the end. So you see how that natural flow, the up, the climax, the descent, the bottom out, and then finally back up to normal again with where we are. Yep. It's a normal flow of a story. Which brings me back a little bit to Burr. Yes. I love Burr. we made me
0: love to hate and, and love.
1: Right, because, and I want to get your opinion on this, because you do love to hate him. He does have this perspective of, he's making real choices.
0: You know what? See, I think... He makes exactly he makes real choices and I think I'm just speaking from personal you know what I won't speak for everybody cuz maybe all of you have got your acts together but Burr <laughs> reminds me of me in middle school and like early high school where it's like I tried to do Everything right. right. I wanted to be in the room where it freaking happened. Okay. I wanted a boyfriend. I'm sorry I was 5'11 at the age of 11 and everybody came up to my nips. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. That didn't work. But like, I wasn't friends with the popular people. Not great, Bob. Not great, Bob. I learned that all the boys would just at the slow dance would be like, I just got to go hike through the mountain, the Rockies. That's what they called my boobs, the Rockies. When I would slow dance with them, I just got to hike through. Through the Rockies, meaning me. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> anyway, um, but like I wanted to be, so I like did all the committees. I went to the things. I would try to invite the girls over for play dates because still at that age, you could, we couldn't even drive, and they wouldn't want to do the play dates with me. And I did everything, and I was smart, and I was involved, and I like killed me when I wouldn't be able to do these same things. And it was like it was jealousy. It was wanting to be where these people were—the movers and shakers. Of middle school, sure. Were. And when I see Burr, I know that feeling. I know that feeling of being left out, of that nobody gets me, of like you know, sacrificing yourself to try to get ahead in a social way. Luckily, I figured out just to be myself, and that I'd be much happier. And I'm sorry right. that it took Burr a long time, but I feel like, as I said, I'll speak from my experience. But I feel like probably. Everyone's had that sometime in their life, whether it was in your youth, whether it was in college, whether it's now as an adult that we've all felt that way where it's like, man, I wish I could be like I've struggled with mom groups. I've told you about it tons of times, Blake. Like right. I've struggled finding mom friends, and I'm like, oh, maybe these moms don't like me because I say things like nips. I like I, <laughs> I don't know. Like I'm trying, but I don't want to not be myself. But you just put yourself out there, and it's like society has always had groups, has had cliques, has had elites, you know. And I feel like we've all, in different areas of our life, whether it's through our career, whether through our social circles or what have you, we've all wanted to be in the room where it happens. And right. so through that Burr is so human to us. And we've all known a freaking Alexander Hamilton, okay? We've all known that girl that comes in in 8th grade just okay? gets everything right. who's like literally like most popular right away. It's like um What's that? What's that uh, redhead movie that was like a pop culture movie, and she was weird, but then she became popular. On mean Wednesdays Girls, we pink, yes. Yeah, okay. Mean Girls, yes. Mean Girls. It's like Mean Lindsay girls. Lohan. It's like Lindsay Lohan oh, comes to your class. That was
1: prime Lindsay and Lohan, you're,
0: and that's that would happen to me. I'd be like, whoa, a new kid, maybe they're gonna be my friend. Hey, Lindsay Lohan, you want to be my friend? and Be nerdy? Yeah, totally not. <laughs> mean Girls was my life.
1: And mean uh, Girls
0: was Alex. It was uh, Aaron Burst Yeah,
1: I, I would. I would say that's an that's a, that's an apropos. Um,
0: Aaron Burr was the nerdy friend in Mean Girls.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: The the like science camp friend.
1: Right, and at least the way right? that the oh, story. No, that is.
0: was what was that other one? The Drew Barrymore one. Never been kissed or Never something. Never been kissed. Yeah. Crap, they're all the same thing. See, guys, <laughs> it's it's happened to everybody.
1: I'm thinking we're witnessing a pattern here. <laughs> You know, and not to make this you know a Burr and Hamilton you know uh, episode because I really don't want to do that. I want to do that for an, okay. another episode because that is what the play is about. I know, but <laughs> and but that's that's great, and, and that's and it's so good that the that the show gets that relationship so right, mm-hmm. um, and they get it right, in, I think a couple of different ways. First. We talked um, about Burr and wanting to be in the room where it happens. And it's such a great relationship between the two, between Hamilton and Burr, because Burr is literally, with the way that it's written within this story, is literally the opposite of Hamilton in every way.
0: I mean, aside from being orphans and deciding to go study law and having big ambitions. Yeah, but they're.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. The ambitions are completely. They're they're the same, but they're for different reasons. Burr wants to be in the room where it happens for the sake of being in the room where it happens. His ambition isn't to build a legacy like Hamilton's. Hamilton wants to build something that's going to outlive him. Mm -hmm. Burr is saying, I want to be in the room where it happens. He doesn't give any reason. He doesn't say, "I, I have this purpose. It's just... I want to be there for the sake of it's this it's the the sake for the thing of the thingness. I want this. Okay, you're getting wicked deep, man. I need uh, coffee. <laughs> Not enough coffee in the world for the how deep that is. Nope. Um, and and also, Burr comes from wealth. He yeah. comes from high He's education. A trust fund, baby, he, you can trust me. Exactly. He is the opposite of Hamilton. And Hamilton even says, "Burr, you're a better lawyer than me. You're you're succinct." You're, you're, you, you defend well. I am loud and uh, I'm wordy. I shoot off at the mouth. I, I don't have any friends. You, everybody loves you, uh, Burr. They are the opposite. And because of that, they push each other to do things that they wouldn't otherwise normally do throughout the play. They both push each other to make decisions that effectively alter the plot, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, Hamilton goes off And he says, I am going to do less talking. (laughs) I'm going to go out and make a deal. And that's how he gets the National Bank. Burr says, I'm going after what I want, and I'm doing it, and I'm going out into the world, and I'm going to be president because I learned that from you, Hamilton. And that, that whole thing, how that happened... They both collided because of those two changes to their character, yeah. which were developed by that relationship. Having said all that, and this is what I really want to get your opinion about, Mary. I'm ready. Which is, where the show really gets it right is they're allowing each of the antagonists, which would be uh, the, the war, uh, Jefferson, uh, even the king, and Mariah Reynolds, they all funnel. Into the main bad guy at the end, well, in the main antagonist, which would be Burr. The main bad guy. (laughs) All of these things, (laughs) in some way, are related (laughs) to Burr, and they all follow. How is Reynolds? Because Burr is the one who comes up with the idea of. Ooh. Like his, extorting his, yeah. Hamilton, he's the one saying, "Get in the money, find out where the problem is." He, I
0: love that turn, right? That
1: song, I know. Um, and he is the one who is politically motivated to do it because he's saying, "We're going to show him who the Democratic motherfucking sub, you know, uh, southern Rep- southern Democratic Republicans are." You know, like that yep. whole thing. He's the one who's behind that. Uh, Jefferson funnels into Burr because they finally have to have that uh, conflict of who's going to be president. And Hamilton has to choose between Burr and Jefferson. Madison is the one who proposes the deal to get the Capitol in D.C. And they're at the dinner, and Burr sings, I want to be in the room where it happens. All of these things, even the war, when they're coming in, and Washington says uh, it, well I'm sorry Burr goes to Washington saying I have some ideas I you know I, I I really appreciate your your plans and what you're doing but I have some thoughts of my own and Washington says yes and as soon as Hamilton walks in it's close the door on your way out Burr it, it's even the king the king going around saying, he's never going to be president now. Never
0: going to be president now. The, God, the, I just love, I love this show.
1: It's it's a fantastic story because all of the subcategories, all of the sub antagonists filter down into Burr. It all builds to that final conflict. Would you agree with this statement? Sure. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. That being said, this is not the episode about Burr versus Hamilton. This is the overall story of what we're trying to talk about. And I think the show goes really well because they, be- they begin the show with Hamilton saying, I'm not going to throw away my shot. Mm-hmm. And the story itself ends with Hamilton throwing away his shot literally yes. and figuratively
0: Well the story doesn't actually end there it ends with Eliza
1: Well Hamilton's story ends there <laughs> Yes And that is a really excellent character arc Do you agree with that statement yeah. Do you do you find that do you, do you find that that is the real arc for Hamilton
0: That's a good question
1: Because it's his own worst fate at the end, right? I mean,
0: what is his arc? I think, you know, it's this youth, this power, this determination, this making something that will last forever. But then you got Eliza telling him the gosh darn truth. What do you mean? Hey, man, you're being a little busy and crazy. What really matters is the people that you love. So don't. Don't be don't be too crazy. You can be a little crazy. You can be changing the world. You can be making some moves. Yeah, but don't forget about us.
1: But what does he do? Forgets about his family. Uh, yes, he forgets about his family. And then that's the beginning of the end. <laughs> that's and that's true.
0: Um, Cheaters never prosper. Okay, no, they don't. This, like, <laughs> as you said, that's when the beginning of the end happens. He has his affair. His son. Like it's just like, oh man. Not good. Right. Not great.
1: Not great, Bob. No. So, and that's the thing. I, I think the Such arc- a tragedy. The, the arc is one of tragedy. It is one of- um, Keep your um, penis in your pants. Well, it, like immense power and talent cannot save you if you can't save yourself. <sighs> right? And that is the beauty of what Washington and Hamilton are trying to do together. Washington is out there trying to run the country- and he's saying, "Winning was easy. Governing is harder. Living is easy. I'm sorry. Dying is easy. Living is harder." You
0: keep banging stuff, Blake. I, I know. I'm understanding. I'm, banging. Understand. You're I'm just very passionate. I know, man.
1: And and, and history has its <laughs> eyes on you. And Hamilton doesn't learn anything from this. Oh. He doesn't learn any of it, and that is because he doesn't
0: believe that history is going to have his eyes on him. He doesn't think he's of that level yet.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes.
0: So he acts like history doesn't have his eyes, and you know what? It wouldn't have if it wasn't for
1: Eliza. That's. I think that's relatively true. I I mean, who run the world? Girls, Mm -hmm. but there's there's record of Hamilton. So and thinks mostly you know, eliza and he's he is the first secretary of the treasury so i mean
0: no i know i know he would have been there just like though paul revere's like friend
1: oh yes that guy
0: you know that guy that doesn't actually get <laughs> mentioned but who's like integral to the british are coming yes that would have been alexander hamilton
1: if it wasn't for eliza it's possible that alexander hamilton is john jay <laughs> in real life <laughs> like you know he's there he was the first like the first uh supreme court like he's the first chief justice but like that's all you know about him, like you maybe probably wouldn't know a lot or enough about him without Eliza. I would probably give you that. And with that in mind, I think that's also something that the, that the, that the story really gets right. Because Hamilton is the one who causes his own misery. He's the one who creates his own triumphs and causes his own problems yep. and those problems keep pushing the plot forward and and those problems are found in Hamilton's character yes right they they are found by his boundless ambition they are found in that his that blinds him that yes, that blinds him. Uh they they are found in uh how he shoots off at the mouth, how he doesn't use his brain before he speaks sometimes. Um and the world crumbling around him is as a result of his character traits. There's nothing in the story that happens just because the story needs it to happen. I think you can make a case for the Mariah Reynolds issue. Where like he cheats on Eliza, it's just kind of a big deal. Like it, but it's like the beginning of the end, it just happens. It happens out of nowhere. It doesn't. Uh... But then again, it's a character trait of his. It's he's reliable with the ladies. He was a uh, he. He was the t- the the feral tomcat was named after him, and if the tomcat can get married, this hope for our ass. After all, the whole thing. So it does set that up. But all of a sudden, Mariah Reynolds shows up, and he's cheating on his wife. It kind of, it does, it does kind of just happen. But then again, you're talking about someone who's extremely tired, has been down on his luck. I mean, he's just kind of, he's working hard.
0: I just think he he thinks that he's invincible and kind of arrogant about that.
1: And that's the whole point. The, but the, I
0: didn't feel that way when I first listened to the, it.
1: the character himself is the one that's guiding these actions the actions are not guiding the character and that is where the show really gets it right Agree? Okay. yeah you would agree with that uh, you know another thing I think it gets really good is Hamilton's final moment having him and alluding to death throughout the entire show and how they even tell you <laughs> um, duels are stupid in juvenile and uh and Burr saying oh yeah you know and the the mercer legacy is secure all he had to do was die um, and
0: how to give it a try
1: yeah and they laugh about it <laughs> and here they are at the end the final irony is that they that hamilton dies in something that he's already talked about as being stupid um, it's that final moment of look at this stop banging the
0: table i know you're passionate sorry
1: sorry sorry <laughs> <laughs> so where do you, where else do you think that the the show gets it right? Where else do you think the show works for you in that or the story works for you in that um uh, the the, the <laughs> it, it 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 really succeeds. It makes it a living br- breathing
0: Okay, so why would I love this show? Why am I like able to see this show three times and listen to it a million times right. and not be like, okay, that was enough? Because it is tragic. It is a tragedy. Like Someone's dead. Someone that you've learned to love over that period of time that has excited you that you've been on this journey with, that you've known, loved, and trusted, or gotten to know at least, maybe you didn't trust them, but- He's dead. There's not a wedding. There's not a baby. This is a tragedy, and yet they're able to end it on such a high note, like and give you hope. And I really, really love that about this story. You know, I'm not gonna lie. Blake and I right now have been binging The Handmaid's Tale. I'm feeling really (laughs) Debbie Down. Okay, (laughs) guys, really Debbie Down. And it's so wonderful that what this story. I mean, The Handmaid's Tale isn't done, so it's not a fair comparison. I'm enjoying it. But frequently when you do see tragedies, whether it's on stage or you read about it and you close it and that character is dead, you don't necessarily have a smile on your face. Sure. I did for The Notebook <laughs> when they died together in yes. each other's arms. Spoiler alert. That was great. This was kind of like The Notebook for me, but on a much more educated level. Y-
1: yes, I will I will grant that to you. all and right it's now- real. Now, where does the story go wrong for you? Like, what are the things that you think? I wish that could have been done better, or maybe not in it at all.
0: Okay, the story, not the play.
1: Yeah, the story. Where does the story go wrong for you? Like, do you want me to say my first one? Sure. I think my first one is that Angelica. What goes wrong? I'm not in love with the character She's of Angelica. The... Why? and I'm not in love with her because nothing ever comes out of her relationship with Hamilton.
0: You mean like the sexual tension aspect of Angelica? Yeah,
1: but just Angelica overall. Like she's there for Eliza, that's great. But I, I don't think know. you need
0: a female narrator and I think you need um Someone who's not Eliza to be that female now. Yeah,
1: she like she is an audience surrogate. I think for the most part, she's
0: like a George Washington, like still in the things, but is able to elaborate on other things a little bit more.
1: Uh, yeah, but when it comes down to it, her relationship, whether it's the sisterly or you know the, the what's alluded to as a, a sexual relationship, well, not sexual, but just a, a more than.
0: Well, and then does that play that role, though, because he does end up cheating on Eliza? So we're able to see, okay, we hear from everybody once again character traits are interwoven throughout this story so we're told you know he was good with the ladies you know Martha Washington named her Pharaoh Tomcat after him like and then he has this like thing going on with Angelica but she's the oldest in the story and can't be with him but they still have this back and forth so we're supposed to have this reoccurring theme that Alexander Hamilton is a flirt and you can't take the flirt out of a flirt Uh, I know someone in my life Not you, Blake. Don't worry.
1: Yes, no, not me. Definitely not me. But I know someone in my
0: life who is a lifelong flirt. And let me tell you, folks, it's messed up his life. It's messed up his life. And I'm wondering if he can't shake the flirt. You know, some people... Oh, and I know someone else, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, can't shake the flirt. Okay? There are a couple of... And they're all guys.
1: No, there were women who were flirts too. I
0: don't know. I don't know of anyone off the top of my head right now, but I'm telling you that this I take the Angelica part to show that Alexander Hamilton was one of these
1: lifelong flirts. Right, but my argument my counter argument to that would be it didn't affect the plot in any meaningful way. And we spend a lot of time with Angelica and she sings and, and, and that's another thing that I I'm about to bring up too here, which is the song Satisfied. It, it maybe it enlightens you're right maybe it enlightens hamilton a little bit like it it gives you um it gives you some kind of perspective on the type of guy he is, that he yeah. is never going to be satisfied. You know, if he, Even if he does get married, even if he does have kids, yep. even if he does create the National Bank, even if he wins a war, becomes a general, becomes a lawyer, uh, defends the, the guy in the first national uh, murder case, he's never, ever, 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 ever going to be satisfied. Nope. But then again- what are we doing having this whole moment of rewinding and doing the wedding all over again and replaying the whole interaction between Angelica and Eliza? Which is really cool on stage. It's really cool on stage, but in terms of the story itself, is it necessary? Do you find that this portion of the story is necessary? No. No? (laughs) (laughs) Like,
0: if it was removed, would the end of the play, be different. Right. So we're
1: we're gonna call this the Jamie versus uh oh what the heck was this guy what the heck was the guy's name?
0: Uh, Euron.
1: Euron. The Jamie versus Euron debate.
0: Euron gray dry. For those of you who don't know, Game of Thrones, towards the end, there's this really big battle that you don't need.
1: You just don't need. And if you take it out, nothing changes. Yeah. And this is the Jamie Euron debate. Wow. So if you take out satisfied and you take out the whole thing with Eliza there, is any of the story changed? And I don't I think that it's not changed. You <laughs> I mean, like how your brain is like stalling. I don't I, I think <laughs> I know. <laughs> Sorry, is my, my brain is working too fast.
0: Yeah. We I, need coffee.
1: I know. I think the story stays the same.
0: You're banging again.
1: I know I'm trying not to bang. I need to get you a pillow. <laughs> um another thing related to angelica
0: <laughs> you're hating on angelica oh my god it's related to angelica She's such it's a not good voice
1: she is such a good voice Work. it's not angelica <laughs> it's eliza eliza throughout most of the story is treated as kind of like a nagging wife um really yeah for, oh for, i do not see it as that okay well I see her as the voice of reason. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you can how like, interesting though from a husband wife perspective, and I'm not I'm not I'm not saying this is anything bad. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that you saw her as a nagging wife, and I saw her once again as the voice of reason, being like, because a lot of the things she says to him, They're I true. say
1: to you I, all the time. I totally agree. Look around,
0: look around at how lucky we are to be alive right now. Like that's the mantra of the Larson household.
1: Yes, when I Mama's would, in charge, I would absolutely agree. But it's she's taking a she's taking away from Alexander's um, drive. She's telling him slow down, stop. She's and, she's telling him to reprioritize. And it like it for me, it shows up no greater than in nonstop when he's saying, I when Washington comes up to him and says, "Hey, I need you to be the Secretary of the Treasury," and he says, "Okay, I'm going to do it." And she says Hamilton Alexander said, Alexander um, and he says well I have to lead the history has its eyes on me Like I'm going to do this
0: She's about she's probably in flipping labor and he like <laughs> was driving her on the horse and he just leaves her on the side Alexander <laughs> Alexander, What are you doing
1: <laughs> So that's why I say that Nagging she's Nagging wife
0: she's flipping pregnant and it wasn't even her first trimester she's known for a, for a month or two. Oh nope She's, <laughs> so that's she's why, like honey
1: uh, that's why I'm saying that there's not much to the Eliza character other than her busting his balls a little bit, being like... Completely disagree, but okay. I
0: think I fleshed that out.
1: Well, no, 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 no. Uh, aside from her trying to get be the voice of reason, what else is there about Eliza?
0: I mean, hello, the whole ending.
1: Well, you didn't let me finish about that point. You
0: just asked me.
1: <laughs> you're, you're right. No, you're right. You're right. Um, however, I will say this. She is given agency. She is given something.
0: Listen, man, a lot of us are late bloomers, and history does not have its eyes on women because we all know, we all know that. A lot of the founding fathers, a lot of men in history, they're going home, laying in bed. Honey, I've had a rough day. Oh, really? Well, let's talk about this. And then who comes up with the game plan? Once again, have you watched The Handmaid's Tale?
1: <laughs> the women. I totally agree. And what I'm getting at is, she <laughs> is eventually given agency. She does make the choice to cut Alexander out of her life. She makes that choice. She does it. She hopes burn. he burns. And those are strong fighting words. I hope you burn. Like can you imagine that?
0: I mean. And then, yes. and then not against you.
1: And then she chooses to allow him back in. And she chooses to keep his legacy alive. The thing that tore them apart. Yeah. She chooses to keep alive, which is an excellent character trait. But I would say for the Don't first hate on her. No, for what the first she... half, for the first half of the play, she isn't given much.
0: But like that's because Angelica has it. angelica has the forefront of the female character makes it interesting has the big ballads you know burn isn't until later so it's not because they he could have easily just like expanded upon eliza and had her sing a little bit more and and
1: that's why i'm saying i i wonder if the story gets it wrong there because why are we why are we investing in angelica when we should be spending more time with eliza because she's a late bloomer Okay, all right, all right. Another kind of nothing character is James Madison. Yes. James Madison is a nothing character.
0: But he needs to be there.
1: He does need to be there. He just shows up. He, you know, he does give the idea of having the deal for the capital and the national bank he does do something that affects the Well because the plot.
0: in history he was always there. So that's the thing is they right. couldn't like write this story without including
1: him. Well, I I disagree in that you know, just because it happened in real life does not serve as an excuse for your story. You can change things as necessary. You can write people in and out of your story as uh, as you want.
0: But yeah, like even though he was kind of a nobody in this story, he was still a major player in the Founding Fathers. He was in the room where it happened. Okay, you couldn't be like, these people in the room where it happened, and then people go and take their history test, and they'd be like, just kidding, there was one more
1: guy. <laughs> That's a valid point.
0: Like, I think that alone needed to happen. Like, maybe Lin-Manuel Miranda was sitting there being like, do we need to Madison? He's kind of like a bump on a log. And then he's like, Shoot. We make such a big deal out of the room where it happened. We gotta have them.
1: Oh, God, what do we do? <laughs> Guess we'll keep them. I would. I think I would probably agree with you. Another thing that I kind of want to talk about here is the Mariah Mariah Reynolds fiasco. Ugh, um that floozy. Yeah, <laughs> that wench.
0: Imagine being one of her descendants.
1: Oh my God! Right? You just all of a sudden you're like, yeah, that's that's my great great yeah. great grandma. Yeah, just not proud of that one. Yep. <laughs> um. Is this something that... You can't remove it from the show because obviously it changes a whole ton. So It's kind of a big deal. Do you like the way that it was handled? Do you like the way that uh, the show handles the whole interaction and how it seems to develop? Is it character motivated? Is it a vital part of the show that you think they did really well?
0: I mean, we're talking about things that... you don't think the story did well and I think they did this well. I think from the beginning we are hit over the head that Alexander Hamilton is a flirt. Yep. Will always be a flirt. I mm-hmm. <laughs> will never be satisfied. Sure. Um, so I think that this is like a huge thing. Like, you're not supposed to be told something in a story if it isn't, if it's pointless, right? That's kind of what we're talking about. It right. would have been pointless to repeatedly say he was a flirt, that he was good with the ladies, that he possibly even was flirting all the time with <laughs> his sister in law if something didn't come of it. So I do think that yes. it's important. Um, you know Mariah Reynolds her husband whatever they're nobodies they're Madisons as well but it had to happen and then this is the apex like this is the fall this is what starts the train of events for the entire rest of Alexander Hamilton's story sure so I liked how it was brought about I think that it was in character.
1: Uh, one last thing I actually think that the show really did well as a matter of fact is now that we're talking about it uh, Mariah Reynolds and I, I remember laughing when the king came out you're never gonna be president now and the whole thing yeah um, I, I think the show does really well in in the form of the king I think I think having him as the audience surrogate being somebody who is completely separate from all of these events just looking at it from afar I think that is a truly awesome awesome thing like it's a truly awesome character bit um for the king because it allows to, it, it allows you to connect both halves yeah. of the show it allows you to connect the war to the politics of hamilton mm. and how that is looked at from afar yeah um and, and it, of course it helps it's funny but it's also treated. it's not treated seriously well, the king is the an king antagonist, or, yeah, he does but he's different. not like the type of antagonist you would think that he would be. He's a cartoon.
0: But yeah, nothing about the king and the entire story is, is serious. And that's, that's huge. <laughs> you know yes. what I mean? So I agree with you. It's like they're able to take this very serious thing, this thing that breaks your heart, breaks Eliza's heart, and then put a different spin on it so that you can laugh a little bit. They needed to add that brevity.
1: Absolutely. Because
0: from then on out, Hold on to your butts.
1: I totally agree. Uh, so I have some lasting questions here that I want to ask. Okay. You. Uh, does is Hamilton redeemed by the end of the show? Do you think? Do you think he his character is one that is solved? It is one that
0: I feel better about him in, like, when they hold hands quite uptown. Oh yes. Yeah. That's what that's when I'm like, okay. When she like when she holds his hand, I'm like, I'll hold your hand
1: too. Oh my god. (laughs) And but but then again Is that what you're asking? Yes, but then again we have a problem where he puts Burr ahead of his wife. He puts Burr ahead of his family. Yeah. And he goes and does the stupid thing and gets himself killed. Yep. Is that taking away from Hamilton? And does Eliza's reaction and her actions to him and trying to save his legacy does that redeem Hamilton in your eyes, regardless of however or whatever he did to put Burrow ahead of his family?
0: I don't really know.
1: Right, that's a question. I'm not saying you have to have the answer. i just—it's a question that we have to explore. Yeah. Is it something that is good? You know, when Eliza reaches out and touches and says, oh, you know, is that her People don't know about that. Oh, well, that's true. That's a valid point. That's a visual. Um good point. <laughs> um are are Eliza's actions is is Hamilton uh, let's put it this way, is Hamilton worthy of Eliza's actions after he dies? Mm. That's a better question.
0: That is a better question.
1: Yes. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, the least the way that the story is written. Not the history, but the story. Is the story yes. Hamilton worth? Yes. Why?
0: Because he was such a important figure in U.S. history and created so much.
1: The next question, does he deserve the death that he receives? Yes. He, you think he needs to be punished for all of his actions?
0: No, I think you're an idiot. Don't duel.
1: <laughs> Valid point. Oh, because yeah, you know.
0: Hey, what, it could go one of two ways.
1: You, you live or you die. You get a 50-50 shot. Hey, um, you
0: know what? I'm not going to be doing any time it, in my life dueling. Dueling
1: because it's stupid. <laughs> um, is Hamilton's? You know, Burr has this great line. I should have known. I should have known that the world was wide enough for both Hamilton. <sighs> and me is the show more of an indictment on hamilton or is the show more of an indictment on burr
0: oh it's burr because it's burr saying it's okay middle school mary this is like the the more you know like (laughs) be yourself be yourself man yep it's gonna be okay actually being yourself is better than okay it is the best so yeah
1: is burr a redeemable character within the show oh yeah do you think so yeah okay uh, and th- that those are my lasting questions, really. And, and I, I would like uh, you guys to, to pipe in and have uh, any lasting questions that you have from Hamilton the show and Hamilton the story as it is written in the show. The final question I have for you, Mary... Would this make a good television miniseries, or would it make a good movie? Which one do you think would be better?
0: Oh, I have to choose. I'd say yes to either. I don't necessarily know if, like, singing would be best on screen. Like, I would love to see this now. Now that I enjoy the historical aspect of it, I would like to see this just, like, kind of in the same vein as the Tudors. You know, I could do Tudors, but Hamilton.
1: Yeah, um... You know, the thing that comes to my mind is the miniseries by HBO uh, about John Adams. It's just simply called John Adams, Yeah, which Hamilton is actually featured in, by the way. Uh, I think I'd be interested in seeing a miniseries about Hamilton.
0: Because sometimes when I watch musicals in a movie, it's just not the same. Like sometimes it's great, but I don't know. It feels Mon-
1: disingenuous a little bit. And the
0: and the TV thing, guys, I am all for musicals, but like this whole like Thanksgiving night or what what night is it when they've been doing musicals on like NBC? I don't and know. It's all live to tape. But yes, you're right. And Carrie Underwood wasn't it like The Sound of Music? Yes, it was, it was yeah. The Sound of Music. So like that kind of a thing, definitely don't want that for Hamilton. Right. No thank you.
1: I would agree. I don't yeah, I don't think no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um no. How about a movie? Like, could we give Hamilton the Les Mis treatment? Could we give Hamilton the Ooh. Phantom of the Opera treatment? Yes. I don't know.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Well, why do you say yes? Let's put it that way. Why do you say yes? Well... Cause then you'd have the whole scope. The thing with the thing
0: with like the TV cheapy thing is it's stupid. Like it's different when you're on stage and you see, you're there. You're like in it. These people are doing it live. You're like yes, you are there in in your mind mentally. Yes. TV if it's not done very well, it's cheap. It's cheap. Yes. Yeah.
1: And you know you're educated enough as a viewer to know that it's cheap.
0: Yeah. If we're talking HBO level, I'm in. Yes. If we're talking Les Mis movie level, I mean, I want the 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 sounds, I want the costumes, I want the grandeur of it. Um, in. But if you're going to be doing a little rinky dinky, no way, Jose. Would you
1: prefer the musical, on a TV miniseries, as opposed to, like, just a straight story? Like, I
0: would prefer the story.
1: I think I would agree. In a movie, would you prefer a musical movie or a straight story?
0: Musical movie.
1: I think you're probably right on that one, too. Oh,
0: my God, is this like we're married? Are we the, kind of like best Do we just become best friends? Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I would like to see a musical movie. The problem is that the that the show, the live show, is two hours, 45 minutes. A movie, okay. a movie really should- How
0: long should. was the Les movie?
1: movie? Uh, it was probably two and a half- Right around there. Yeah. So you gotta cut some stuff out. Yeah. Um Yeah, I, I yeah, the musical movie would be great.
0: Listen. They yeah. They 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 can they can do this. I mean I don't need it anytime soon.
1: Though. No, no, no. Let let the play be the play. Let let the musical be the musical. Let it let it yeah. shine, let it do okay. its own thing. But like ten years from now. Yeah. Yeah, I could see a movie. There's almost too much money to be made to not make it a movie.
0: Um, I don't know. Like, I th- let's, sh- the problem is, is that if they don't make it a movie, there's going to be a ginormous population that will not be able to see Hamilton for, I mean, anytime right. soon, possibly ever. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, right now, and has been, like, the hot, one of the hottest shows, and it's going to be that way for a long time. And if you live in an area of the world where you don't have easy access to theater, and don't have easy access to, like, popular theater... Mm-hmm.
1: You're screwed, and that's why I'm saying there's almost too much money to be to be made, yeah, and not in making it. Like the well, the yeah, they, they have to make it because everybody would pay for it. And and look, let's look at it historically too. I'd pay for it. Let's let's look at the 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 world's biggest shows. Right? Will there F- be
0: sing-alongs?
1: Phantom of the Opera made into a movie. Cats. Uh, being made in
0: swear word right there. What? That cat's trailer is freaky.
1: I know, I agree. It's I have no I have no use for that trailer. I mean, I'm
0: totally gonna watch the movie when it's free.
1: <laughs> yeah. But that trailer freaked me. E- out. Even then I'm I'm not in on that trailer. Um Chicago. Oh, so good. Not only made into a movie, it was a best picture.
0: But all these movies are from plays that were made wicked
1: long ago. That's why I'm saying if you if we give it ten years or so, rent. I think the rent they made into rent. a movie. So um, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be made into a movie. It has to. There's too much money to be made in making it a movie. Um, so that's that. Um My love, are you ready to close this bad boy out? I am. All right, let's, uh, let's do that.
0: You'll be back. Soon you'll see. you remember you belong to me. You'll be back. Time will tell. you remember.
1: Remember that I served you well Oceans rise, empires fall We have seen each other through it all
0: And when push comes to shove I will send a fully armed battalion To remind you of my love My favorite thing about having this song as our closing Is watching Blake from across our studio <laughs> Dance with like his shoulders My second favorite thing is I just love the releases that this actor does with his voice.
1: What do you mean? What's that?
0: Like his case. You'll be back. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. And his gentle rollings of his R's. Yes. Gosh, it's like (laughs) butter rolling. Like, Sorry, in case you can't tell, I've
1: been a chorus director. Well, actually, you want to know something fun about this actor?
0: What's our cat doing? She's... She's gonna break the studio. <laughs> She's telling us, "Time's up, guys."
1: The guy, the guy who was the king in this in this recording, his name's Jonathan Groff. Yeah, he is going his uh, his second season of the show Mindhunter, of which he is a star, has now premiered on Netflix.
0: Oh, congrats! And
1: it is a, a terrific show. So, if you're into Jonathan Groff and uh, the whole was Graff? Jonathan Groff, and Jonathan Groff was actually the voice of what's his name in. Uh, and yeah. Frozen. Yeah. Same guy. Yeah. Kristoff. Kristoff. Not Sven. Not Sven. Definitely not Sven.
0: <laughs> no, you, you don't get that joke right now, do you? No. This goes to show you how long it's been since you've watched Frozen, Blake. What are you
1: talking to me about?
0: Oh my gosh. When Olaf meets Anna and he's like, who's that? And she's like, that's Sven. And he points then to the reindeer, but she thought he was already pointing to the reindeer. He's like, and who's the reindeer? And she's like, Sven? And so he's like, oh, that makes it easy. So he calls Kristoff Sven. Come on, Sven.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then when That's he finally great. goes and sees the trolls and they're like, Christoph's home. Well, are like, "Kristoff, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where have you been, Blake? Oh, man. Gosh. Oh, right. All right. I didn't know that.
0: Well, for now, ladies and gents,
1: <laughs> my name is Miri Larson. And I'm not Sven.
0: <laughs> We're going to have to watch Frozen tonight. Rise Up!